to another installment of the Achieving Immortality in 305 Days podcast. I hope you're all well and thank you very much for joining me. In today's episode, not only am I going to be reviewing my past week, but I've also got some breaking news about the challenge itself that you're definitely going to want to hear, so make sure you stay tuned to the very end. One quick thing, what you may hear in the background whilst I'm talking is that it is currently snowing outside and the roads are very, very slushy. So you might hear some feedback, so apologies about that. I haven't quite got the best recording studio yet. But anyway, let's move on to how week three has been for me. To be honest, it's been full of ups and downs. There's been some good parts and also been some areas that need potentially could be improved. From a training perspective, it's been by far my best week yet. Me and Dean have been talking about focusing on execution and uh, my actual performance within the gym rather than just focusing on strength development or performing more repetitions, which typically is what I would have always done when it comes to weight training. Like I said last week, this has been a bit of a, a mind change for me because I've always done this bodybuilding, if you like, um, way of training, where it's all about progression in terms of strength and physical development. So to focus purely on performance and actual execution of an exercise is completely different to what I've done before. To help me with that, what Dean has done is, he's provided me with an app that I've been using to actually measure the force output and velocity of certain movements that are gonna be key for me to complete this challenge. And I've gotta say, it's, it's been really interesting seeing what I am actually doing within each lift, if you like. So rather than just focusing on how strong am I getting or how many repetitions can I perform, to look at things like your mean velocity, your range of motion, your force output, it's been really, really interesting. And to be fair, it's given me a lot more of a focus within my training sessions. I've enjoyed them more because I'm learning myself a lot more about the ins and the outs of how you can take your physical performance to another level in other areas is very eye-opening. And surprisingly, I've actually had more aches and more muscular doms than I would do at this stage of a new program. That, that to me, I enjoy that feeling. I, I like having that sensation when I wake up and I'm stiff. I can feel like I've worked, like it's been worthwhile. I know that's not the be all and end all, um, and you should never be judging your training workouts on getting doms or not. Um, getting them doesn't mean it's been good, not getting them doesn't mean it's, it's been poor, but I like that sensation. And I thought that by not focusing on strength, by not focusing on improving repetitions, and instead focusing on my execution, I didn't think that I would actually get that kind of level of muscular ache that I have experienced for the past few days. So it's, it's been quite surprising in that respect. And bear in mind that I would typically lift weights four, sometimes five times a week. And at the moment, I'm only doing it three times a week. Again, to see that kind of level of stimulus that I'm getting from the training, it's, it's like I said last week, it's made me realize that maybe I was just going through the motions with my own training before and having this extra focus to my sessions is, mean, is making me work harder. It's making me work better, if you like, and more efficiently. So yeah, training has been a massive positive, but there have been certain areas of my biofeedback that we've been monitoring that have been a little bit off, to be honest. For a few days at the start of the week, Tuesday and Wednesday, my energy was down, um, I struggled 
struggled to focus at work. I had lots of things going on in my head and I couldn't really kind of narrow down on one or two things. Motivation to train has been slightly down as well on those days. Now, I'm, this might sound daft, but I'm, I'm putting it down to the cold weather because anyone that's been in my, my studio will, will know and testify that the, my gym is freezing. There's, there's no heating here. Massive glass front windows. So all the heat that is inside instantly goes straight out and the idea of having to change myself, like I've got like four or five layers on right now and a hat and to, to force myself to get changed to then go and train, it's been a bit of a mental battle, I've got to admit. And I've never had this before, like even before when I was typically only ever doing strength development and lifting weights that sometimes in my gym, I would train with thick tracky bottoms on, a hoodie and, and stay nice and warm. So I never really had to change, if that makes sense. But because this style of training that I'm doing that Dean's got me doing is a lot more dynamic I've got obviously cardio elements in there as well a lot of conditioning movements I need to be getting changed it sounds crazy I know it's, it's a very very small minor detail but that process of getting changed really really didn't make me want to train some days I've got to admit and once I'm going I'm absolutely fine like my mindset quickly changes gear and every session this week has actually been better than before in terms of my output my physical performance but it's just that mental barrier to getting started I found, I found quite tough recently this week. So yeah, that was quite surprising. I'm sure I'm not alone with this. Um, I'm sure there'll be some of you that, those of you that train outside, for example, you go to run, you go for running or you go to boot camps or you play a sport outside. Actually thinking back to when I played rugby, I've never liked um, playing in the cold. I've never liked that process of having to get yourself ready in a freezing cold changing room, knowing that you're not gonna get warm for another 20, 30 minutes, it's, yeah. I found that hard this week, so it's taken me back a little bit. <laughs> um, sleep's been good though. Um, it's not great, but it's been better than it has been for the past couple of weeks. The start of the week was brilliant. Um, I think Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I actually felt every single morning that I'd slept properly. I, I actually had a decent night's sleep. And then lo and behold, we are now going through some teething, we think. So we're back to disruptions, long disruptions during the night. Um, Harrison has been coming in and out of bed a couple of times as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been a bit more difficult these past couple of days. Um, so sleep has been a bit up and down. But as I've said in the first episode, that to a certain extent, when, when we're parents, there's nothing really we can do about sleep. We just have to kind of live with it. No one has a great sleep routine or sleep hygiene, if you like, when you become a parent, because we have to sacrifice our own rest, our own recovery to make sure the kids are okay. That, that's perfectly normal, nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah, it'd be quite nice to have a, a solid week of sleep <laughs> if I can. Nutrition as a whole has been very good as well. Um, despite having a few birthday meals out or um, birthday family meals, we've had a bit of extra cake, extra bits and bobs that I wouldn't normally eat. Um, regardless of the calories and protein has stayed consistent. Now, something I'm quite a big believer in and something I'm doing obviously for, for Dean and this process, but I tell my clients to do as well, is still track food when you have these off days, if you like, when you have these celebrations, anything that causes you to eat different foods to your norm, you should still track. And this is, like I say, a big thing I encourage my clients to do is that on my fitness pal, which is what I use, there's there's always something you can add as an example of what you have. So for example, like I had two days, I had some, some birthday cake and we had some M&S buffet food, if you like. Now, 
I wouldn't have been able to um, track specifically what I what I ate. However, there are always examples that you can add instead. So that is something if you, if you um, are new to tracking your food or you wanted to get better at tracking your food, you should always track your bad days. Don't just track your good days because if you only ever take a snapshot of your nutrition on the good days, you're never gonna get a full representation of how your nutrition is looking. So you need to know how bad are your bad days. So then you can accommodate them within your good days. So something to maybe learn and think about on your own nutrition tracking if you're not already doing that. Because what I often see with new clients particularly is Monday to Friday, every single day is 100% filled in. Get to the weekend and it's just two blank days. And I'll ask them, why, why have you not tracked your food? Oh, well, I went out for a weekend and I, I didn't know what I should put, so I just, I just didn't bother tracking anything. Now what, just on that note, just to explain how that will affect you, if you know you're not tracking something, but on the other days you are, you are gonna be mentally in a situation where you kind of think, fuck it, what's the point? That kind of idea of, well, I've not tracked one meal, well, I won't track any other meals, I'm, I'm gonna eat more, I'm gonna binge, I'm gonna treat myself, I'm gonna have X, Y, and Z that I wouldn't normally have because I'm not tracking it, so it doesn't count, it doesn't matter, it doesn't exist. But those days, you can easily outdo five days of good tracking food, if you like, over the course of a weekend, not to the sense of, it been ruining your diet, but it will balance out that deficit that you might have achieved Monday to Friday by going over very quickly a couple of thousand calories in a two day period. So it is important to know how bad your bad days are, if you like. So again, you just need something to maybe think about. Yeah, so yeah, moving on. Um, one area that I do wanna mention that, um, that I'm really finding it hard to get my head around is how much weight I'm losing. Now, I know my goal isn't physique and I have to change my mindset away from training to train for how I look because that's what I've typically always done in the past. Um, but anyone that knows me personally, okay, anyone that's maybe followed me on social media will, will hopefully appreciate that I am naturally very, very slight. I'm very, very skinny. Now, when I started lifting weights at 21, I think I was about 65, 67 kilos, I think. Um, very, very small. My frame is naturally very slim. And it's taken me all this time, I've been training now for what, 15 years. And my goal has always been to get bigger, to be more muscular, to get physically bigger. And to see my weight dropping down, as much as I know I need to do it for this challenge, it's quite, still, it's, it's really hard for me to get my head around, okay? Now, Dean wants me to lose about another two or three kilos by the time it comes around to the challenge in December. And again, I know why. There's a massive benefit to me being lighter in relation to my power to weight ratio, which will improve my physical performance. Completely get that, okay? But because I've spent, like I said, the, the, the best part of 15 years trying to get bigger, to see my weight dropping down and my physique getting smaller, clothes feeling baggier, having to get different sizes, then it's sometimes a little bit hard to deal with. Like I've just done my measurements and my body weight today, and yeah, I've lost, I mean, I'm the narrowest I've been around my waist ever. My, my, my midsection is probably the leanest it's been in a number of years, but it's also obviously having an effect on other parts of my body. My legs are sl a lot slimmer than they were previously, and I've never had massively thick legs. My chest is, is a little bit smaller than it was at the start of this process. So yeah, it's all good. I'm happy with trusting the process. 
but it's, it's hard for me to personally get my head around because it's something I don't like to see. But that's just me, that's just me. I'm, there's nothing wrong with losing weight. Obviously there'll be some of you that are, are probably cursing me right now saying that it's so hard to lose weight that you shouldn't be complaining, but everyone has their own kind of personal gripes, if you like, when it comes to the body and the physique. And mine is that I've typically always been very small, very slight, very slim, and I, I personally don't like that. My confidence comes from being a bigger frame, if you like. Sounds that, and I probably shouldn't be like that, but I, I, I feel better when I'm a little bit bigger. However, something, again, linking to this that I have actually started to appreciate is that I feel a lot better being lighter. Mentally, I'm struggling with it, granted, but physically, I feel a hell of a lot better. Now, at the turn of the year, start of the year, um, I was probably sitting around 92, 94 kilos. Then I had shingles, which I lost about three or four kilos when I was ill. I always lose quite a bit of weight when I get ill. Um, and then, like I said already, I've lost about four or five kilos from doing this plan with Dean so far. And my knee problem that I mentioned in the first episode is so much better. Now, if you think of obviously, I'm now what, eight or nine kilos lighter, that's eight or nine kilos less pressure on my knee. So everything is a lot easier for me to do. Climbing stairs, I know it sounds that, but climbing stairs used to be tough. It used to, my knees used to physically hurt and they'd, they'd, they'd creak. They'd make noises when, they were, when I was climbing stairs. It wasn't good. Playing with the kids, chasing the kids in the garden was more of a challenge. But since I've lost this weight, I feel lighter. I feel more energetic. So I'm completely happy with how it's going in terms of the effects it's having on my, my performance, how I'm feeling better and healthier with it. But mentally, I am still struggling with it, I've got to admit. Hopefully this will kind of change as I go further into the process and I see the, the improvements happen greater, that my mental attitude towards it will improve as well. So yeah, and I think that's about it for really for this past week. It's been very much a case of rinse and repeat. The overall structure of the week from compared to the past couple of weeks hasn't really changed much. There's been a few slight additions, a few alterations, very, very minute to the content of the training sessions, the, the calories, my nutrition has stayed the same. Um, and like I said, most of my biofeedback bio has been roughly the same, a few drop-offs in certain areas. I've continued to have my cold showers. Um, it's been bloody freezing this week in, with this cold weather, but I've continued to do them. Um, I'm staying consistent with my bedtime routine. I'm still doing my nighttime reading. And as a whole, I'm really feeling um, very positive at the moment. I'm feeling really good, okay? And something that I was not expecting, something I'd never even considered to look at, if I'm gonna be honest, is that I have to admit, having this, this challenge mentally to focus on is doing my mental health the world of good. Now, I'm lucky to say that I've never suffered from mental health problems or as, a, as far as I'm aware, I don't suffer from any mental health problems. But I have to admit, and I'm not ashamed to say this, that some days juggling being self-employed and having three kids under five, two of which are twins, is really, really hard. And some days I, I do struggle. Now, those of you that are mothers listening to this um, and those of you that know Helen, I'm not saying my job or what I do is anywhere near as stressful as what she has to deal with every single day. And I will always take my hat off how, to how Helen deals with having three kids um, under five. Like she's, she's a hero, she really is. But for me, coming home from work at four o'clock, having had back-to-back -back clients from 6 a.m. in the morning and being up at half five, to then having the boys to look after so Helen can have a break, so we can get tea made and go into the evening routine. I've usually find quite mentally draining and exhausting. Now, this isn't a story of woe is me, my life's a lot harder than everyone else's, it's not. I appreciate everyone has their own 
very difficult lifestyles, very different stressful situations. And being a parent full stop is just hard. It's just, just stressful. But since I've been doing this challenge, so what are we now, week three, just done. But obviously I did a little bit on my own prior to working with Dean. Since I've been doing this challenge, I genuinely don't feel as stressed. Now, you might think this is odd because I'm doing more work. I'm being more specific with my training. I'm being a little bit more <clears throat> advanced, if you like, with my my training, my rest, and my nutrition protocol. So if anything, you'd think I'd be more stressed. But what I'm actually finding is that day to day, I, I feel so much more relaxed. I'm happier day to day as well. I feel as though I'm a lot more tolerant with the kids. Helen might disagree with that, but I genuinely feel that I, I snap less, less at them. I'm more, I don't know what the word is. I, I seem, I feel more like me, if that makes sense. And it's, it's hard to, to explain because everyone obviously deals with stress in different ways. But I felt that sometimes prior to this challenge, some days I was just existing, if that makes sense. And I was just going through the motions day to day, doing the same thing. You get up, you go to work, you come home, you have the kids, you do tea time, you go to bed and that's it. You repeat it again the next day. It was very, some days felt quite monotonous from my mental perspective. Whereas now I actually feel like I'm thriving. I feel like I've got this challenge, this this focus point every single day that I go to work, I do I do what I need to do for my business. Then I also focus on what I'm doing for this challenge. And then I'm focusing now when I get home on it's family time, it's kids. It's giving me a lot more purpose in each area of my life. And I wasn't expecting this at all. And something I think all parents are guilty of, I know I am and Helen is and my close family and friends are, that we always try to put a brave face on. We always try to show that the world that how amazing our lives are, that how parenting is, it's easy, it's comfortable, it's where we're, we're, we're the best parents in the world. When in reality, it's not. Social media has made this far more prominent. And I think because everyone's able to show their best bits, the snapshots, and they can hide the rest of the crap. We always seem to think that we need to do the same and we have to put our best foot forward, so to speak, so other people don't think we're bad parents, that we're struggling. But I'm slowly getting my head around the fact that it is perfectly normal to struggle and it's okay to have bad days. We're all human. So if you are a parent and you're listening to this and you're having a bad time at the moment, please don't ever feel that you need to lie to your family and friends and about the fact that you're struggling. Be honest, be open and honest. And if you do need to, reach out, ask for help. Speak to your family, your friends, your support network, and make sure you're getting the help you need because something like I said, I, I've never thought I've suffered with mental health issues. I really haven't. But noticing how much better I feel by having the accountability of someone like Dean, by having a different focus in my life, it's given my entire well-being a massive uplift and just by speaking to, to people about things will do you the world of good. So I know I'm no ex-parenting expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm experienced, obviously I've got three kids, I balance a business, I'm self-employed, I'm doing all this. So if anyone does want to talk to me and get advice, advice about anything, juggling the parenting lifestyle and the impact on their health and training and well-being, please feel free to reach out. I will always help if I can. Anyway, we're now up to the part of this episode that you probably have all been waiting for. Um, which is the big news about the fitness challenge. But before I tell you, I just wanna take you back to April 2020 during lockdown. Now, those of you that know me, me and Helen personally, or followed me on social media since then, 
will know that I did, we did a burpee challenge to raise money for the NHS during the time when everyone was doing these doorstep claps on a Thursday night, I think it was. We just wanted to do our bit. So we just randomly decided that we would do a burpee challenge. So we set a deadline and we said, however much money we raised by that point, by that date, that's how many burpees we would do. Now with the gyms being shut, I wasn't able to come to work. I didn't have my gym equipment at home. We were both doing a lot of body weight training in the garden as I imagine most of you were also doing as well. So we thought a burpee challenge would be a good idea. Plus everyone hates burpees. No one, no one likes burpees. So we thought we might be able to raise maybe a couple of hundred quid, but we actually got 1,250, which was way more than what we thought we were going to get. This eventually did rise even further to 1750, but on the deadline that we set, <clears throat> excuse me, it was 1250. So that meant we both had to do 1,250 burpees. I did my 1250 consecutive, and I think it just took, it took me just over three hours to do. Helen did hers um, in and around Harrison's naps, so she took a little bit longer, so she spread hers out throughout the day a lot longer. But it was, it was a really successful challenge from our perspectives, okay? And if we now fast forward to 2023 and the start of the year, me and Helen were sat, I remember we were sat on the sofa, and we're just talking about New Year's resolutions. Now we both don't, we're not massive believers in New Year's resolutions. We don't typically set them, but Helen suggested that we should do a fitness challenge. And we bashed about a few ideas and we, we said, well, we've already done one burpee challenge. So why don't we do another one? But we do it bigger and better. And we talked about the specifics of it and we both put some cross ideas. Now. I've got to say, Helen declined my suggestion, <laughs> but I've gone away and I've start, I started planning it. So that is what I'm actually doing, okay? So guys, I the challenge I am doing, it's another burpee challenge. I aren't gonna tell you the actual specific, specifics of it yet, but please trust me when I say this, it's on a whole nother level compared to what me and Helen did last time. Um, I've got some minor details I've got to confirm about the challenge day itself. Um, and then once these have been confirmed, I'll be telling you everything you need to know about the challenge. And believe you me, you are going to want to hear it because it is going to blow your mind. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing, okay? I'm gonna be doing a burpee challenge. So now you all know what I'm doing. It means that moving forwards in these weekly update, updates, these weekly episodes, I'm gonna be able to be a little bit more specific about my training detail. So I can go into a lot more depth about why I'm doing particular exercises and why Dean's maybe set me certain challenges within each session. So hopefully you'll find that more helpful and you'll actually be able to learn, hopefully a little bit more about training specificity, okay? And how you can maybe modify your own training to help you reach your own performance goals quicker and more efficiently because training isn't just training, okay? As I'm finding for this challenge, lifting weights and being strong doesn't mean automatically you're gonna be very good at burpees. Going running and being fit doesn't automatically mean you're gonna be very good at burpees, okay? You've got to train for your purpose and that might be different for you. So. Just because you might be trying to lose weight, you might also have an added bonus of trying to run a 5K as fast as you can. Brilliant, but are you training specifically for that performance goal or are you just going through the motions and just exercising for exercise's sake? So hopefully, now I can be a little bit more detailed about my training, you may learn a little bit more about how you can modify your own. Thank you very much for joining me today. That's everything I wanted to cover. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you tune in again next week when I'll be rounding up the first month of my training and start to set more tangible targets for my next few months ahead.
If you haven't already, make sure you hit the follow button and please, if you can, spare just a few minutes of your day to rate and review this podcast for me. Thank you. Have a great day and an awesome week and I look forward to speaking to you all again. We could be a model Just not for long, for long, for long We could be a model Just not for long, for long